Welcome to part two of Health System CIO's interview with Jamie Nelson, CIO at Hospital for Special Surgery. In this segment, Nelson talks about why it's critical to shift toward a more agile philosophy when adopting new technologies, the many steps her team is taking to prevent opioid abuse, including leveraging existing tools, and how she hopes that by continuing to put herself out there, she can change the conversation of women in leadership. I imagine that is challenging, though, because that's not uh, the perception of a lot of people, I'm sure, really working on that transformation piece, and I'm sure that that can be a challenge for CIOs. Yep. You know, I'm just thinking we're implementing Epic's MyChart bedside, and we had our pilot, I think, a week ago, and that's a tablet for the patients so they can see who their caregivers are when their physical therapy appointment in the hospital is or when they're going for radiology, ordering meals, the, the typical things you'd want a patient to be able to do that, you know, not a whiteboard anymore, but having all this information, but really getting the patients comfortable, but getting nursing comfortable and having them understand the value of instructing the patients on how to use this and helping them and not seeing it as one more task on their extremely busy work list every day, but something yeah. that they value and they see that the patients will value. So there's the transformation piece. How do we get our nursing colleagues to see that this is something that they feel is value added to what they do every day in, ter in terms of supporting their patients using it? So there's the transformation right. piece. Yeah, and that, that really has to be top of mind. There's just a lot of talk now about the burden on, on physicians and nurses, and there's no uh, ideal solution or perfect solution, but it seems like it really has to be part of the philosophy and the culture. Yeah, and we as IT professionals have to be able to get in there, understand what the workflow challenges are, and then be able to incorporate those into the design and change them. It's really using an agile philosophy um, as we move forward, even with projects that are more typically waterfall by nature, but being able to deliver small pieces, innovate, figure out what's going on, quickly change, test again, you know, that's important. We've always been a pilot organization here. I think maybe that's because we're an innovation organization by nature, but we really have always thought about one service at a time, one floor at a time, doing things in small chunks, making sure it's right, and then moving forward. So we have to shift a lot of mindset more toward that agile framework in terms of rolling out new, new technologies as well. Right. Right. Very interesting. A couple months back, you were at, at Chime and part of the presentation about opioids and, you know, the, the huge challenge that's facing organizations and especially being a surgical hospital, that's something that I'm sure really has to be top of mind. And um, can you just, just talk a little bit about what the organization is doing to um, address this? Well, as an organization, we felt a real requirement to do something since orthopedists are the number three prescribers of opioids and prescription opioids account for about half the deaths related to opioid overdoses. So it was really incumbent on us to be part of the solution and we looked at uh, educating clinicians, we looked at being able to look at prescribing patterns, we looked at putting in best practices and having patients sign a, an agreement with clinicians about opioid use. So we worked with our mostly pain medicine physicians to figure out how could we improve things, and we used EPIC's tools to allow us to do a lot of this in terms of putting in best practices, in terms of looking at 
prescribing patterns across different caregivers and educating them, educating patients. And for two years in a row, we cut the number of pills prescribed each year by a million pills, which is an an incredible number when you figure out that those are pills that could have gotten into somebody's hands that should not have had them. But it was really using our EPIC tools to help us make this part of the clinical workflows that prescribers have been using. We're very, very proud of the results. And we've actually gotten one of our pain management doctors and our CMIO that they're going to be talking about updates as to what we've been doing at uh, ACHE in a, in a couple of weeks. So very exciting. But, again, making the EMR something that's of value to our clinicians versus, oh, no, you know, I have to use this. So helping them yeah. to really change prescribing patterns using our EHR, I think, was a, a major win for us and for them. Right, you know, using the tools that you have and this EPIC system that was such an enormous initiative and it just makes so much sense to be able to to use it in whatever way possible, especially, you know, something like this where such big changes are needed. Yeah, absolutely. Again, I worry about clinician burnout, um, so being able to say, hey, this tool provided a very valuable set of, of workflows for you is something we're extremely proud of. Okay. And another issue I wanted to talk about was just in terms of being a uh, a female CIO. And it's interesting to me that a lot of times when I speak to women, there can be a tendency to not want to focus on that, which I definitely understand. But then they also really see a value in kind of sharing the story and, you know, wanting to, to help other young women in technology. And just wanted to get some of your thoughts on what women can do to help advance other women and, and try to get more, more diversity into these roles. Well, a few things. You know, I have been doing this for a while, and earlier on in my career, you know, you just ignored gender. You just put your head down and did the work. But I think as times have changed, I think that it is actually much more acceptable to actually acknowledge that there is a gender issue, whether it's in numbers, whether it's in pay, whether it's in unconscious bias. Now is the time to really think about this. But it should not just be women CIOs helping women come up. It's, it's not a woman's issue. It's an organization's issue because diversity of teams, diversity of boards, across the board you get better outcomes when you have a diverse group of people solving problems. And I think we have to look at this as an organization issue that organizations solve, not women. One thing that I'm thinking about right now, I said it at a presentation I was at last week, being out there, having other women see women in leadership roles You know, every time I think, okay, I'm done giving presentations, I'm done giving interviews, you know, I just want to work, I think, but you know what, it's important for other women to know that there are people in this role. I think it's really important, so that's why I continue. And also, understanding that you don't have to be a technologist. I am not a technologist. I do not code. I did not come up that route. I came up the much more administrative management route. I graduated as a master's in business administration, not a master's in computer science. So important for everyone to understand, not just women, that there are many roads that can lead to a, lead to a CIO position. 
and that yeah. it's really about understanding organizational dynamics, understanding and being curious about technology, the application of technology, technology to solve problems and to help with strategy. You don't have to have a strong technology educational background, but you certainly have to understand it and love it and be passionate about it. And I think that that's something that people have to understand. I think, unfortunately, women shy away from some of these career paths because they think it's sitting someplace with, in front of the keyboard and coding. And that is, certainly is a route, but it is not the route. Yeah. I really think, though, the biggest issue is unconscious bias. Yeah. Um, I was chatting with a, another CIO about something, and he said to me, oh, you know, my wife had the good fortune of not having to work. And I thought to myself, does he know what he just said to me? Right, right. He had no idea what he said and what the implication of that was. Right, right, exactly. Um, we don't work because we have to work. We work because we love to work, and we love what we're exactly. doing. Yeah. And this is part yeah. of our lives. But that's just an excellent example of a well-intentioned person with a completely unconscious bias. Right, right. Just from, from the perspective of, where this industry is going and, and how quickly it's moving. And there's so much to gain by having not just diverse individuals in these roles, but coming from diverse backgrounds, especially since everything's just changing so fast. And I, I think the whole industry stands to benefit from getting different people in these roles from different backgrounds. Yeah. We'll get there. We will absolutely get there. One of the problems, though, is that there are not enough women in certain technical roles. You know, even when I try and hire women in some very technical roles, think about server administration, network engineering, they're just not in the pipeline. And part of that is that women have been shy about STEM careers. When you do have women who've gone on these tracks, it's very uncomfortable being the only one. Yeah. So yeah. they'll veer off that track because they don't like to be the one female in a team of 15 other men or something. It's just not comfortable. So it's going to take a while to get enough women through where that balance at the lower levels also changes. Yeah. It's a long game. It has to be the long game mentality right now. Yep. Okay. So then last thing I wanted to ask was, have you been in with this organization for about eight years or almost eight years? Almost eight years. April will be eight years. Okay. So can it be challenging to be in a role for what in this industry is considered a longer time? Uh, if you feel like you, you're constantly evolving, or what's it like from that perspective? This hospital is constantly evolving. So my role has had to evolve. I'm very lucky I sit at the, um, the highest level of senior leadership here. I'm involved in strategy discussions. I've been able to build out whole new functions. You know, when I got here, we had no real security functions, so we put in an InfoSec function with a CISO a couple of years ago. We built out an analytics organization that did not exist before I got here, um, and that was set up about two and a half years ago, and that is now transforming into a data science function, which is going to report up to the CEO, and part of the, maybe the whole analytics team is going to go with that. So I see... I'm part of this change in the organization. Um, we're now standing up a whole digital strategy, obviously, and looking at a, a chief digital officer role here, and how is IT going to interface with that role and support that role? 
you know, we have a whole cloud group that's putting up putting our cloud strategy, our AWS strategy into place, so we have that platform ready to go as we uh, go on these different pathways. We're building a team that actually can code apps and things. So my role changes because the organization is changing and has different demands from IT. So sometimes it feels like eight years, sometimes it feels like eight weeks. So it's, it's a very exciting organization to be at, I have to say. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a, that's a good thing. It's a realistic take that, uh, you know, it can seem so long and so short at the same time, but um, it probably means that, that you're doing good work, that you're being challenged, and these are things that are so important. And I'm allowed to have a very good team around me. I've said that for most of my career, you're only as successful as the, as the team you have around you, and I've been able to build and maintain a really excellent senior leadership team in IT and their teams uh, that, that fan out across the organization. So I'm very lucky in that, in that respect, we're able to attract and retain some very good talent here because New York City is a tough place to hire and attract and, and retain excellent talent, and so far we've, we've been oh, pretty sure. lucky. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. All right. Well, that's probably all I had to ask for now. I um, could always ask you more, but I really appreciate it. I always enjoy speaking with you, and it's really great to hear about all the uh, amazing work that your team is doing. Thank you. We really are very, very lucky to be here. I, I really every day have an enormous sense of gratitude to, to be part of this organization. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much, and um, I look forward to catching up soon. All right, Kate. Take care. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.